Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Right, here we go, Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to SST on Apple Podcasts app, Spotify. No matter where you listen to podcasts, thank you so much for listening. Joining me today, just one of the designated hitters. We only got one. It's back like the old school when only the AL had a DH. Now everyone's got a DH. We only got one today, but it's Andrew Kalanya. What's up, brother? Hey, how's it going? You know? It's going good, man. The baseball baseball's been been hot right now. And normally what would happen on a Monday is I would record a football episode at night for a Tuesday release. But we're going to move that around a little bit because the World Series starts on Tuesday. And, you know, for all the shit that I occasionally give baseball, baseball is grabbing grabbing the, uh, the hearts of sports fans, I think, right now. These two series in the CSs, AL and NL alike, were really, really fun. And uh, I don't know. I'm actually more prone to tune into all these baseball games than I was even a couple weeks ago when the Yankees were still in it and we had a New York team to, to root for. Now that the Yankees are out, Andrew, are you still feeling uh, the gripping nature of, of this playoffs right now? I think it's different. Um, you know, as a fan, it's kind of, it's actually, I, I don't want to say it's nice for your team to get eliminated so you can just like, just concentrate and just watch baseball and just enjoy it for what it was. Cause like the last night that game seven uh, with the Dodgers and the Braves, it was, that was an absolutely incredible game. I don't know how I, I don't know if I would still be breathing if I was an actual fan of either of those teams. Like it was such an incredible, like uh, back and forth Dodgers were not, were not going to be uh, you know, with uh, held back from, uh, from winning the pennant. So it was, it was just an incredible experience so i'm just kind of happy uh a little a little sad a little happy that uh i was just able to just enjoy it as a fan absolutely and the storylines are easy to kind of grab onto in my opinion as somebody who you know baseball is easily the third sport that i follow right basketball and football are are above it's easy to look at these teams and understand kind of you know what are the big obstacles that have to go over what is their kind of identity in a way and you know, who do you want to root for is, is almost easy too, right? So on the NL side, you have the Braves and the Dodgers, two teams who just can't seem to get over the hump, right? So the Braves have this history of being good and not winning at all, or they have a history, even Atlanta sports in general with the Falcons yeah. uh, blowing blowing their fair share of leads. There's something there with the Braves, with their young talent, with Acuna and Albies and Freddie Freeman uh, being a fun team to watch. They hit the crap out of the ball. Uh, before you, before you keep going, there was there was actual there was a stat there. So every, every team uh, in the NL, um, now that you mentioned Atlanta sports, uh, every team in the NL in the history of going up 2-0, they were twenty eight and three oh. in those series. Oh, 28-3. Was that wait? Was that, that the score of the the Patriots? Of the Patriots uh, Atlanta Super Bowl. Yes. Wow, that is wild. That's that's some that's some weird like voodoo stuff. There. Yeah, I'm not like yeah, a superstition <laughs> guy or a karma guy or any like you know thing like that. That's just that's just fantastic though. You can't you can't oh, beat something true. like that when it lines up. That's, they were up 2-0. and it's brutal. Twenty eight and three in the history. They oh, were holding that series by the balls. 
let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And Kershaw, you know, Kershaw to get in the playoffs. And that's what I'm saying too, mm-hmm. right? So, like, the Dodgers have this history of making it to the World Series now, three out of the last four years, mm-hmm. haven't won one. Kershaw's postseason woes, and that's happening again. Oh, the Dodgers have all this talent, biggest payroll, they're not going to make it. But now they come back and fight, and, and they have a bunch of likable guys, in my opinion, on, on the other side, on offense. So, like, there was a lot of tension there of which team was going to blow it. Almost not even which team was going to win, which team was going to blow it. And then on the other side, in the AL, you have obviously the Astros that I think 90% of people, 95% of people are rooting against, rightfully so, right? And they want to see them mm-hmm. fail, fail miserably. Uh, and then the, the Rays, who are the, the ragtag team of misfits with underdogs and, um, you know, small market vibes with great talent. And, and it kind of created a nice vibe, and the Astros almost came back from 3-0. I, I mean... Do you know anyone besides me who is rooting for the Astros? I feel like it's a good zag at this point. When, nah, when, like I saw some people on Twitter I, I, rooting I, for the Astros. <laughs> I think I think you're on that. I think you're on that island, my friend. And I was so happy when the the Rays went up three. I was like, they're either I mean, it was such a win win for as, as a Yankees fan. I was like, they're either going to blow a three zero lead, which they almost did, or they're going to eliminate the Astros. Right. Either way, I'm I'm ecstatic. It's, I'm, it's a win win. So happy. I, I think it's, it's funny, win-win, and I think it's something to talk about. We're going to talk about the Yankees, by the way, in a second, just to kind of wrap up. Um, how their season ended. Obviously, we know what happened, but just looking forward and talking about some of the decisions or press conference items that have been said since then. But the Astros are interesting to me, and this whole season, I've said it on this podcast, I wanted the chaos of them being good because people are going to hate them. And when you have a team that's really hateable in sports, it makes it so much more fun. It makes it so much more fun. When the Patriots are at the top of their game, and you hate them, and whether you're a Giants fan, a Jets fan, a Steelers fan, a Cowboys fan, you could all hate the Patriots together. That's fun. The Astros had that same vibe. But then I think there's people like me who aren't Yankees fans or aren't uh, you know, a, a specific team that got hurt by the Astros cheating who don't particularly care as much who are like, oh, you know what? I could like throw a shekel and bet on the Astros to win, mm. and it'll be great if they win. But also, if they lose, like, they deserve to lose because, heck, them, they cheated. So, for, for someone like me, it's, heck like, them. such a win-win to, to kind of root for them because I have, I have no skin in the game. But if they yeah. win, seeing everybody cry would be kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel it. It's petty. And uh, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in for the pettiness. But it, it is good. And now we got the Rays in the World Series. We got the Dodgers back in the World Series. We will get to that. We will get to those series. But, Andrew, let's, let's get to the Yankees here for a minute. Uh is there anything shocking or anything that maybe you didn't expect, whether it be from Boone or Cashman when the series ended? You know, just anything in general that, you know, didn't sit right with you or you just didn't see coming as far as their attitude or vibe about what just happened and what's coming up? I mean, aside from the whole Game 2 debacle where 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 they pulled the opener, where they wouldn't let their 21-year-old super kid, you know, go out there and pitch innings, and Jay Happ was throwing more innings than them. Uh, you know, aside from that, uh, Boone didn't have a particularly good playoffs again. You know, Kevin Cash was out managing him. And uh, like I was saying uh, before the playoffs even started, the Yankees' lack of pitching depth was going to come and bite them in the ass because, uh, you know, they barely made it through a five-game series. If they even somehow won, uh, you know, ended up winning the ALDS, I, I, I don't think they were going to go on and win the ALCS because the, the they had three reliable pitchers, and they're, you know, they're piecing it together as they go. They, they can trust Green, Britton, and Chapman. And clearly Boone didn't trust Adovino, 
he didn't trust Loisaga. He didn't trust any of anybody else in the pen. So, uh, you know, their their real lack of pitching depth was 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 a glaring obvious uh, detriment to the team. So uh, that's really, I don't think they were going to go farther than the ALDS, even if they somehow, you know, came down to the last inning, uh, right. even so if they were able to, to go past. This is a situation where you, you don't think the best team got cheated. You don't think the Yankees were the best team in the series. No, no. There's, there's worth the, the amount of uh, the amount of arms that the Rays were just throwing out there. They could just, you know, a the the lineup is so right-handed that you could just throw out Nick Anderson. You could throw out, um, I think it was Cease was the other guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just throwing out flamethrowers, right-handed flamethrowers, one after one. There's nothing the Yankees could do about it because they they had no matchup lefties. And you know Mike Ford getting that at bat in the eighth inning against mm-hmm. Diego Castillo with this with the season on the line. That was. If that's your best option, the guy that was slugging 280 for the entire season, like is that your best left-handed option with Clint Frazier glued to the bench? It was just, it was just a poor, poor showing all around. I mean, they made it, they made a, you know, they made a series of it, and you know, they won the Garrett Cole start, and you know, Montgomery had a had a very good had a good start too, and they were able to piece together the win. But just like when it when it came down to it, just like the Rays were. Rays were not going to be denied in that series in that last game. They were just they were just holding the Yankees bats down and just waiting for someone to make a mistake. Yeah, and now that they're in the World Series, it probably gives you a little comfort saying like a, a really good team beat us, right? Yeah. I not that I, yeah. that like makes it feel that much better, but no. I think there is something when a team knocks you out, you want to see them kind of do well. So it doesn't feel like it was a fluke or you got cheated. So there there is that aspect to it. And I guess it was really weird for you guys, you Yankee fans over there, who to root for. I think, I, I, I don't know. I feel like Alec, who obviously is on this podcast with us all the time, he couldn't make it on today. He didn't know what to do with rooting for the Astros or the Rays. He like obviously hates the Rays from the division rivalry, hates the Astros for obvious reasons as well. And what did you, how did you feel watching that series? When you saw the Rays make a big play, were you like, yes? Or were you like, ugh? Yeah, it's, it's it was just a lot of just ugh all yeah. around, and like <laughs> honestly, I was I was tuning more into the NL. Like I couldn't like whoever whoever won, I tuned into Game Seven just to see if they were going to blow it. But um, yeah, it's just there's two very unlikable teams as a Yankees fan, and I I picked the lesser of the two evils with the Rays. You know, if they're like a fun, you know, th- you know, objectively, if it was the A's, if the know, Rays they, they were. Have, if yeah. you took out the they, R they and the Y, team. yeah. If you took the R, the Y, and the S, and just made the Rays the A's as well, you would be like, yeah, yeah. no, the A's are a cool team. I'll root for them. But they're in yeah, your they division. They're, tam- they they're Tampa. You know, a, Ro- a Rosarina is incredible player. That guy, Absolutely man. Just why is anyone? His... Why is anyone throwing the ball in the strike zone to that guy? Oh my right god! <laughs> when, What's up with that? Like, but... When Tanaka was like grooving him like ninety-two mile an hour fastballs, he was just launching him to the third deck. I was just like, <laughs> come on, man, just like. Enough already. Enough already of this guy. Oh, it's crazy. Well, all right, before we can, we kind of got into the Rays a little bit more than, than I wanted to there, but let's talk mm-hmm. about two things here. And one is Cashman mentioning that Boone is not a puppet, right? Boone, Boone is not being controlled. But I think that's an actual quote that he used, not a puppet. Yes. So he says that, that you know, Boone is making his own decisions with a lot of this information here. And the, the, the front office isn't just telling Boone what to do all the time which is uh, important in the sense that a lot of fans and media members alike, sometimes we don't know. So we go, oh, how can you really blame Boone if that's not his really decision? So how do you feel about that comment there? And how do you feel about 
the confidence of the Yankees saying Boone's obviously coming back? Um, I, I mean, it's a fair question to be asked, uh, to be honest with you, because like, I don't know how anyone, how one person can go into a room and say, okay, we're going to throw out Debbie Garcia in game two, and then we're going to take him out immediately for Jay Happ. Like that's not the, just so, so he can get a platoon advantage. Like that's not a sound decision. I think a manager would make, um, especially someone Aaron Boone who likes to do like a little more traditional roles for for his relievers and such. And you know, clearly by Jay Happ's comments after the game, uh, he wasn't on board with the decision uh, as well. But I, I think any time. Uh, it's the modern manager. I mean, it's always going to be a collaboration between uh, the front office and, and, you know, the manager, but I, I definitely think it comes down to, you know, the, the front office and the analytical people have their input, but I think it ultimately is Boone's decision. And I think Boone trusts what he's being, what's being given to him. And I don't think he had a ton of confidence in Jay Happ anyway. So maybe that's why he bought into the plan saying, Oh, maybe, you know, they'll fall for this, this gimmick here and we'll get a platoon advantage and maybe we'll be able to get four or five innings, decent innings out of hat. But it's, it's a tough pill to swallow because it seemed like the Yankees had their foot on the gas uh, after game one. And, you know, they were playing to their strengths and then all of a sudden they got, they tried to get too cute and outsmart the Rays, uh, which they're just not capable of doing, uh, you know, especially the Rays are, that's, that's, that's their lifeblood. That's right. The Rays have to, that's what have I was to say. be smarter than everybody else. Because they don't have the resources to 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 get these to sign players to big contracts, they have to trade away, you know, their homegrown guys when they get more expensive. So like you're not going to outsmart them. So I don't know why they thought that they could, you know. So it was very it was it was kind of frustrating uh, to say the least. Yeah, you're almost playing their game when you start mm-hmm. to go with all that stuff, and that leads yeah. to the it's going to become the age old question if it's not already that question with baseball right now, is in the playoffs. Do you have to throw some of the analytics out the window? You hear a lot of guys on TV, former players probably the most, say, you know what? Like, I get it. Analytics, launch angle, you know, pitch count. All this stuff needs to be accounted for. And we need to not push people too far in the regular season. And, and rest days do matter. And, and you know, not bunting. Sure, we get order. we get all this stuff. Like, we get all, this, all these different things. We get it. But there's a certain moment in baseball games in the human game of baseball where you can't you can't rely on it blindly right is there becoming a clear question, uh, answer to that question of do you throw analytics out the window in the playoffs cuz it it seems to be a contention point every year with the way the bullpens are managed with the way pinch hitters are now used or matchups are played against how do we handle this what where is there an answer and have you seen anything with any of the other teams that would give you some clarity uh the the answer is that you have i think especially in the playoffs and i think the yankees showed it they were they were on both sides of the coin you know they played brett gardner because brett gardner was doing well even when he was facing you know a a a lefty um they benched gary sanchez because he wasn't you know he was just playing horrifically so but at the same time again they pinch hit uh uh, Ford in the eighth inning against Castillo of a must-win game when Mike Ford literally hasn't done anything all year. So they were going with analytics at one way, and then they were riding the hot hand at the other way. So I, I think I don't I don't think you could ever discount analytics. I think analytics is what got you there, and 
throwing throwing away sound process um, in a in a small sample size. I mean, it, I think Cashman said it himself like he believes in their process and he thinks their process, uh, the way they evaluate things, is a sound process. So I think, you know, it's a, isn't a moral victory at the end of the day if you have a sound process and you have poor results. But, I, I mean, in the playoffs, results are really the only thing that matters. So it's got to, there has to be a balance between the two at the end of the day. Um, some decisions work and some, some don't. But I, I don't – and it's your second question of, of other teams using it. Um, I definitely, you could definitely look at the Rays. You can definitely look at the Dodgers. I mean, they're both – uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it. They're Andrew Freed uh, run X run franchises, and currently the Dodgers have Aaron uh, Andrew Freed running right. their evaluation. So they're both built similarly. They both uh, take into account, uh, you know, all these matchups, and they have the depth to like have actual answers for uh, for for these matchup questions. So you know, th- at the end of the day, you have to have the depth, and you have to have the players in place in order for these analytics to work. So the Yankees just never, never had those type of players uh, to be able to, you know, to make those analytical uh, choices actually work out at the end. Right. I'm not sure if I, I'm sure that appropriately answered I mean, the question, but I think, uh, it, I think it does because there really is no appropriate answer. There's no one answer to this question. No, no matter who you talk to, even if people think very similar, similarly, they're going to be a little bit different. Right. And, I, I, I totally get it. If you're the Yankees, and this is not as true this season, but in seasons past, you know, when the home run was really flying for them, and that was how their offense survived in, in, in many ways, you don't then go into the playoffs and say, oh, we're going to get a guy on first and bunt him to second. You're not going to do that. That's, that's crazy talk, right? Uh, and if Alec was here, he would roll his eyes in about two seconds. In basketball, Dara Morey, who's one of the guys, he actually just got let go, uh, or he stepped down from the Rockets, I should say. When, when the Rockets had that incredible stretch where they missed 23 pointers in a row, Daryl Morey said, this is what we do. If we changed, if we took away our own identity right there, like, what are we really doing? Like, we're going to, we're going to lose ourselves anyways. So I don't know. Every single person you talk to would probably look at it a little bit differently where there's obviously a lot of people in the world who still believe, oh, it doesn't matter in the playoffs. You have a guy on second, like who cares? Bunt, if it gets you a run, you won that specific thing. Right? So there is no appropriate answer. And we're seeing it in football as well to not just make a basketball cross-sport reference with all these decisions to go for it on fourth down, um, whether it be late in games to to seal it or to go up eight instead of five or whatever the difference is in these fourth uh, down decisions to go for it, kick a field goal, punt, whatever it is. There's no right answer unless your result is correct. A lot of times something works out and people will still think that was the wrong decision. But the way it works out in baseball, and baseball's always been a sport like this, that the best swing you can take is a swing that produces a hit, right? It doesn't matter if you yeah. inside out a single like Derek Jeter did a million times in his career or if John Carlos Stan hits it 480 feet. Well, obviously, a single versus a home run is different, but you know what I mean. A bullet by yeah. Stan for a single or a dunker, it doesn't matter. It's a hit's a hit. It doesn't have to look good. It looks good in the box score. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't and know. I think we're just talking in circles because there's no answer here. Yeah. Yeah, because you just the team has to play to at the end of the day, the team has to play to its strengths. The Yankees were built on power hitting, they were built on the extra base hit, and they were built on some of their starting pitchers. Like you and you 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 and you're the strength of the bullpen of those of those big guys. Like you had to play up to those strengths and they just didn't do it. They got too cute. They played they didn't play their own game and that's what happens when you when you try to outsmart the other team and they're clearly smarter than you. The, the results are just we're never gonna be there. 
Yeah, it's tough. And we'll see how it works out in the World Series now, right? And we're going to talk about this yeah. now in a moment. And Dave Roberts, the coach of the Dodgers, we were talking about, you know, that organization's leaning on analytics and using that big budget combined with analytics to do some great things, obviously. Dave Roberts hasn't been known to always pull the right string in the playoffs. But another point of this thing, which I think a lot of players feel, players that you hear talking in media, it's like sometimes it doesn't matter what the, the, the coach or the manager decides. The player has to make a play. Your pitcher has to get a guy out. Your hitters have to get hits. And for all the decisions and all the numbers that get crunched and thought that goes into one single decision, if that player isn't in the right mindset or if that player isn't confident, it almost doesn't matter. So we'll see how it works out yeah. in this World Series here, but I think that could kind of wrap it on the Yankees. Is there any? Is there one point you want to make on the Yankees this offseason maybe? What what the key focus? Is it simply just we need more pitching? No, uh, well, they definitely need more starting pitching, and I definitely think – I don't think they're going to blow up the lineup uh, to get more left-handed because they, they definitely really need, like, a bounce. But I definitely think they'll go out and target some bench bats that actually will be able to – some left-handed bench bats that will be actually be able to produce, and they'll be able to mix and, mix and match and put guys in uh, the best spot to to win, And aside from starting pitching. So, you know, I don't expect them to trade Luke Voigt or let DJ LeMahieu, you, you know, go because simply they bat right-handed. Those are two of your best bats. You know, you're not trading Judge. You're not trading Stanton. You're not getting rid of Frazier. And find me a better catcher, you know, a better available catcher that you don't have to spend $200 million on than Gary's, uh, you know, uh, Gary Sanchez isn't going anywhere. So, right. you know, so th- th- there's there's not a whole lot you can do with the starting lineup. So they'll get some left-handed bench bats and, uh, you know, be able to balance out the lineup that way over the offseason. There, there it is. You know, it is one of those weird things where there's not a whole lot you feel like you even need to change because when you start looking through this lineup, it's like, oh, we're not going to get rid of this guy. We're not going to get rid of that guy. Oh, shit, we have the same lineup. <laughs> yep, yep, basically. <laughs> it's the same exact basically. thing again. You're not getting rid of Glaber Torres. You're not getting rid of Giro Urshela. Like, we, and Aaron Hicks' batch switch hand is a switch hitter. Like, right. Where's where are you where are you getting a who are you what what upgrade are you making anywhere on the on the lineup? You just not you just need to get better platoon guys and healthier, of um, course, always right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that that can wrap on the Yankees. There, we'll move on to our uh, discussion of this World Series here and a little preview, a little little post uh, wrap up of the the CSs. If we have any comments there too, but Subway Sports Talk, Pete Kennedy and Andrew Kalanya, thank you so much for listening. R- reminder again because our schedule is a little changed this week. Football episode will be coming later in the week. I'm either going to release it on Wednesday or maybe Thursday, just depending if we're going to do a little more of a preview. or. But just keep an eye out Wednesday or Thursday. Obviously, uh, we got this baseball episode out right now, so you'll hear football later in the week, and then we'll continue probably back on our normal schedule. Uh, I'm just surprised point. that like you guys have stuff to talk about besides like, oh, my God, we're so terrible. Like, oh, we're ta- we're, I, this week... Even the Giants won. I think they're going to get like four minutes. I, I think uh, our our last episode for football was probably, in my opinion, our best one of the season. And it might mm. be because we spoke minimally. I think combined out of the hour and twenty minute episode, the Jets and Giants got like five minutes. So I think that's the yeah. that's the formula. <laughs> it's on my it's on my podcast queue uh, to listen to. But uh, I just like the it's incredible that you guys got you guys get an hours worth of content out of this football season. It's just. Bravo to you guys. You guys are the real MVP. You know, well, thankfully, there's a bunch of other interesting teams. I think that we're, like the Browns are getting like 10 minutes an episode, but <laughs> you can find things to talk about a lot of teams. Uh, unfortunately for the Jets and Giants, it's just talking about uh, how bad we think their quarterbacks actually are 
how bad are their rosters? Yeah. Do we need to fire coaches? And that's like, how many times can you talk about that? Those same topics, <laughs> you know, like how many and it's times only week, and it's only week six, right? How many times can we talk about Daniel Jones making a horrible turnover? Yeah. I, I'm yeah. going, I don't know what else to say. He, he makes a terrible yeah. turnover every game. What, what are we going to say? <laughs> it is what it is. Well, we got the Astro. I mean, sorry, we got the Rays and we got the Dodgers. Uh, and it's a, it's a series with some good intrigue. And I think you, you brought up a point that I was going to get to with um, the guy, the, the GM from who went from the Rays. What was his name? Andrew Freed? Andrew Friedman. So, and Friedman, right? So, he was yes. running this operation in Tampa, more or less, uh, with the low budget. You send him to yep. L.A., he gets this big budget, and boom, they're really good. Who would have thunk, Andrew? That yeah. you give a guy who did a lot with a little, now he's doing a lot with a lot. Are you shocked, first and foremost, that the Dodgers – came back in this series? No, no, not at all. Because, I mean, yeah, the Dodgers are known to choke in the playoffs, but you look at the roster that they have, it's like, you know, if you want to talk about the Rays on how they have, you know, Randy Rosarena, someone who's just so pot, you know, the Dodgers have that in Corey Seager, and they have Mookie Betts, and they have Bellinger, and they have Max Muncy, and they have Will Smith, oh my God. and they have Walker Bueller, and Clayton Kershaw, and Urias and that whole bullpen. Like, it's just, the, the talent uh, is just so stacked from top to bottom. And I know I made this point, um, like, two podcasts ago. You know, the Dodgers had uh, Hunjin Ryu and Kenta Maeda, and that, they had so much pitching depth, they just allowed those guys to just walk out the door, and they're probably going to finish second and third in the AL Cy Young voting this year. And that's the depth they just walked away. That's how deep they are <laughs> in the pitching funny, That's actually. how much, you know. It's, it's almost laughable. Have, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible the amount of depth that um, that they're able to build. And then, you know, you're able to just go out and trade for Mookie Betts and sign him to a $350 million contract. You know, like, I know they were kind of talking, when the Cubs won in 2016, um, they were talking about, oh, this team's a dynasty. This team's a dynasty. And I was like, I never saw that because, you know, they're pitching, you know, they're, they're pitching relying on John Lester, who was already like 35 at the time. Right. And like, now you can actually see like, you know, the Dodgers being the sustained success for, you know, when's the next time they're going to be bad? Because I don't, I don't foresee it that happening in another decade or so. I mean, if they just kept like, if they made no moves over the past, the next like five years, they're still a a world series contender. That's how good and young they are. Right. Or at least good and primed they are. And I'm just looking at this right now. I'm going to, I'm going to read off some odds to you as we go here and we'll start previewing this series. So first and foremost, the Dodgers are favorite to win the series minus 200. So a, a nice little spread there, but nothing crazy. Rays are plus 160 to win the series. This is where I think it is kind of ridiculous. And you're talking about, um, what is that word about having a, something of riches, too much riches? What is that phrase? Uh, a wealth uh, embarrassment of, of riches. Em, yes. That, that, that right there. Listen to this. Corey Seager, right? He's been pretty incredible in these playoffs. He is not first, second, third, or fourth in MVP odds for the World Series. He's fifth on the Dodgers, and he's been incredible with a, a OPS of over 1,000 in the playoffs, and he is the yeah. fifth-ranked Dodger in World Series MVP odds. I mean, for to, to give a little rundown here, we got Mookie Betts at plus 800. He's the favorite. Then you got Glass now and uh, Arozarena from the Rays, plus 900, plus 1,000. Then you got Kershaw, Bellinger, and Bueller, all with plus 1,200 uh, before Corey Seager. And then Charlie Morton, Mike Muncy, you get a little wonky there. Uh, how crazy is that? Corey Seager, who's been a stud, perhaps the best player in the playoffs, is the fifth-ranked Dodger in that. 
category. Well, and and you know, and Corey Seager, the last couple of years, he you know he's been injured, and he's uh, you know a lot of his a lot of his shine, uh, kind of kind of rubbed off there. But when you know he was a he was a number one, first round pick for the for the Dodgers, he was a top prospect. He was one of the top prospects in all of baseball. And when he came up, you know, he was like the star. And then Bellinger appeared, and uh, other guys emerged. Like he kind of uh, took a step back, but like he's such an incredibly talented player. Like you know, he, he had five home runs in the, in the NLCS, like, and he's a, he's the fifth, he's, he's fifth for an odds for MVP. Come on, bet, put all your money on Corey Seager, man. That's put what up, I'm saying. Put, they, on, put up some schmeckles. <laughs> I mean, we're going to, let's do, we'll do some picks on that stuff later. I'll give you guys, I'll give you some more odds and, and you and I will make some, some fun props at the end of this year. But uh, mm-hmm. generally, how do you see this series playing out? Do you feel like, uh, with these top tier pitchers or, you know, how you're looking at Kershaw, we'll get to him in a second, but how do you see the series playing out? Do you feel like there's a team that's more primed to, to get out to an early series lead? Uh, well, the, I don't, who's, who's starting game one for the Dodgers? Is it Kershaw? I, I've, he hasn't pitched in a couple of games. I feel like it could be right. Yeah. I feel, I feel like it'd probably be Kershaw. Um, I mean, I, 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 again, they're both similarly built teams again, because they have Andrew Friedman's like, kind of stamp all over them. And, you know, they have like the, the pitching depth all around, but again, the, the star power of the Dodgers is just, is just incredible. So I, I don't know. I, if you throw out Kershaw, then you can throw out Bueller, then you can throw out Goslin, then you can throw out Urias. Like that's, uh, you know, you know, more Charlie Morton's no, you know, uh, clearly, uh, he's no pushover, and he's uh, probably probably the second best pitcher uh, in this series uh, behind better, Bueller. Better but, than Glass now? Yeah, I think he's better than Glass now. Glass now, Glass now is, uh, you know, he can he can't get through the lineup more than like the third time. So uh, once you get once you get him to a third time, even you even saw it in the in the Yankees uh, series that the, the Yankees are able to get to him the third time around. He'll get his you know nine to twelve strikeouts in those like four or five innings, but. Uh, you know, but once you face him a third time around, I don't think he's uh, that mu- he's not that effective anymore. And then I don't like Blake Snell. Um, you know, let the Yankees hit him really well, and the Dodgers have the have the righty bats to be able to to hit Blake Snell well uh, as well. So uh, I I put the heavy advantage on the on the Dodgers this series. But again, you know, the Rays have been kind of surprising everybody all playoffs. So. Uh, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me either if uh, if the Rays were able to sneak out a game one or game two win. Right, and uh, yeah, just to round that up, the announcement. Answer your question. You so. know, you no, know, that's a good that's a good answer. The announcements have not been made yet on starters for Game okay. One of the World Series on Monday at two p.m. when we're recording this. Uh, obviously, if we if I see it on my phone before we end up recording, I'll, I'll talk about it. But yeah, I, I, Kershaw is another point that we obviously have to get to here, right? And it's sad if you're a baseball fan and have appreciated his amazing talents over the past 10 or so years to see the consistent postseason struggle for this dude, who by all accounts is an incredibly likable guy who has that good energy that everyone seems to enjoy. Mm. He's an incredible talent. Watching him pitch is awesome. Nine times out of 10. I just, it looks like that one time out of 10 is in the playoffs. How do you feel now? And where does your heart kind of lie in this as a baseball fan, as a guy who just really likes baseball? Don't you have to kind of pull for this guy to get it done and get over the hump here? Because I mean, seeing those pictures of him in the dugout, it's sad. Like it hurts me as a non Dodgers fan who kind of doesn't give a crap if they win or lose to see him, 
year in, year out, have that same image of just sadness in the, in the dugout after a bad start is brutal. Where where do you lie on Kershaw right now? Uh, you know, you got to just kind of pull for him. And, you know, he, at, at one, you know, five years ago, he, you know, for, for a long stretch of time, he was the best pitcher on the planet. And, you know, he's still only 32 years old. And he's still very good, but obviously, you know, age and workload and stuff has, you know, kind of diminished his stuff a little bit, but uh, man, watching him just like watching that same image over and over and over again. And, and, and to be honest with you, like he hasn't pitched that bad in the playoffs. It's just these big moments that come up on him and he just, uh, he, it just, it just blows up in his face. Uh, you know, right. With, career, with the 21 year ERA is, is like a four, a four, th- 4.3 in the playoffs which is a little a little under six innings three earned runs which is a terrible which is not it's not a it's not a great playoff record um yeah it's not like he's know, getting 100. blown up every game it's not like he's no, up nine no he just yeah. this the big moments just come for him and then he just looks helpless and and then everyone gets really sad um you know you got you have to pull for him but you know at the same time you kind of almost expect the other shoe to drop when he's like pitching well the second he gets into trouble you're like okay here here it comes but, uh, and what happened? That's what I, happened in his last start against the Braves. Who was that? The twenty-two-year-old yeah. kid who started for the Braves. I forget his name right now. Uh, Ian Anderson. No, uh, no, no, another one, different guy, wasn't it? Uh, uh, his first start in like the playoff, whatever it was. Was it Freed? No, I don't think it was one of these. New, it's like a new guy who hasn't really been up for them all year. He hasn't pitched much for them all year. I forget. I'll look up his name. But um, you know, Kershaw was one in, one run through six innings and then blew up in the sixth. And it was all downhill, and this other guy, this young guy, was 22 or whatever, how old he was. Uh, he pitched a great game, and now all of a sudden, we're putting them side by side. It's like Kershaw outdueled by young guy, like young Brian cat. Wilson. Brian Wilson, that was his name. Yeah. Well, how old is he? He's a young guy. I forget what they were saying on the broadcast there, yes. but it's like you put them side by side, and and Kershaw's outdueled again in the playoffs, and and that just sucks to see. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here. The, the odds now have to lie in his favor for this to flip, right? For him to have a, a historic performance, to put this all to bed. And I hope it happens. I hope if the Dodgers lose, it's not at the hands of Kershaw because it's no. going to become a brutal legacy point, even though he's still a first ballot Hall of Famer. He couldn't get it done in the big yeah. moments. How often do we say it? Is he going to be an Alex new <laughs> Mike Trout? He can't get it done? I don't know, but it's tough. Uh, I don't think... <laughs> I think it's just too much. I, I, there's there's too much shame attached to uh, Kershaw in in the playoffs for to get as much vitriol as uh, Alec has from Mike Trout. So <laughs> it, it's not. A, it will be on that same level, but it, it it is fair to question, you know, whether or not you know he has the intestinal fortitude to be able to get it, you know, just get over the hump and get it done in the playoffs, you know. But you know, I think all baseball fans and you know non everyone except for race fans will be pulling for him like individually when they watch his uh start in the world series absolutely um let's get to some some prop stuff here and i do want to ask you about specifically with the world series mvp uh do you have a, a specific pick there with i think it, with those odds pretty, are you it, are you going seager no i was i was gonna go i was probably gonna go mookie mookie just you know the, the all the momentum and just the plays he was making out and the, those two catches he made in uh in right field he's just such a he's such a game changer uh so it's it's really hard to bet against 
the talent of Mookie Betts. But it, and if you're telling me that Corey Seager is the only that, that has the fifth best odds, yeah, I'd probably put Schmeckles down on uh, on Corey. But my 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 honest my honest pick is probably uh, Betts. And it's a great pick, anyways, because he's plus eight hundred. It's not like he's a favorite where LeBron James was, where LeBron LeBron was you know minus two hundred to win MVP. And the next guy, Anthony Davis, is plus 200. This is already a good start. Mookie Betts plus 800. His, the ease that he plays the game with is incredible. The, like the swag in the outfield, the the hitting ability, the running, the five-tool stuff uh, that we've now known about him for a while. On even perhaps a bigger stage with the Dodgers than it was with the Red Sox. Just because now it's like the Red Sox were, were great teams and there was a bunch of guys who you can kind of get behind. He is now hopefully... If he helps the Dodgers get over the hump here and he wins the World Series MVP, he's going to start going into some categories that not many people can get into. Uh, did he win a World Series MVP in Boston? Yes. He did, right? 20, 2018. Ah, oh, man. He, he's just a guy. The game comes to him so easy, and, and he deserves even more shine than he can get, which is, which is crazy to think because he's probably one of the more popular guys in this game to begin with. Uh, is there anyone on the Rays that, if you had a pick outside of a Rosarena now because he's been so freaking hot, is there a Brandon Lau or a Meadows or a G-Man Choi, one specific guy in the Rays who you look at and say, this guy can can break a series? Uh, I, I, definitely not Lau. Definitely not Lau. Lau's been, been absolutely horrendous in the in the postseason. Like, the Yankees, like, they, they kept batting him second. And uh, I was like licking my lips every time he would come to play because he was like oh for like nineteen in in the ALDS. So not him. So it, my my choice would either be G Man Choi or Yandy Diaz. Diaz has kind of been coming back from uh, injury, but he plays a great third base and you know he can hit the ball pretty hard. So um, he might be my he might be my pick. I don't I don't even think he. W- you have Yandy Diaz's odds on. I do. Uh, I do. He's not that far down. He's plus thirty five hundred. Uh, which is the same as G-Man Choi. Willie Adamas is plus 3,000. Meadows, 2,800. Lau, 2,800. And then Snell, Moore, and Glass now are the are the top three for the Yeah, for and, the and you probably, if you're going to pick uh, a Ray, you probably might have to go a pitcher, too. It would probably be Morton or... Yeah, uh, I'm lo- honestly, I'm looking at their stats right now for the postseason. Pretty ugly stuff out of outside of a Rosnarena and Margot. Like, they're... Yeah. Their top guy is Willie Adamas, and he's got an OPS of 550. That's their number three guy outside of those top two. Yeah, that's not looking too I, hot right there. No, and and that's the crazy part is like the Rays just don't like their lineups not good. Like it wasn't good in the regular season. It, like outside of a, a, a hot bat in a Rosarina kind of carrying it, like they haven't been exactly lighting the world on fire in the postseason either. So like if if the Rays somehow win the World Series, it'll be because of their their pitching, not because of their hitting. Yeah, I mean it has to be, unless it's like one or two specific guys who go absolutely bonkers. Yeah. I just can't imagine this team, you know, racking together crazy streaks of hitting and, and putting it together like that. All right, uh, yeah. maybe, maybe last but not least, I don't know if you have any more points to make about this series, but we can do an exact outcome. I'll read you off the odds, unless you have another point. No, go ahead. Okay, so here we go. This is the exact odds, the exact outcome of series. Um, the best odds is Dodgers win in six, followed by Dodgers in seven, Dodgers in five, and then the third best odds would be the Rays in seven, fourth Rays in six. Uh, I mean, obviously you can get a sweep there, you can get Rays in five, but what do you think the exact outcome is? And uh, I'll respond with the odds there. I mean, unless you want me to give you the specific odds so you can make your sound gambling. No, I, I, I was I was gonna say I was gonna say Dodgers in six. 
So that's that's um, plus three fifty, and that's the that's the most likely outcome according to Vegas. Yeah, that would that would have been my guess. Or it, it, I don't think it's gonna. If it's five, that would be really that would be really surprising. And if it go, going seven is you know it wouldn't be wouldn't be uh, surprising you. So yeah, I think the odds the odds got it right there. Either the Dodgers and six or Dodgers and seven. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I'm actually you you're gonna. I might just throw a shekel on on both that. Both the six and yeah. seven for the Dodgers, because you get the you get the odds. Is it really likely the Dodgers sweep, like you said? When they are they going to beat Snell, Glass, now and Morton? You know, are they going to win one out of two, one out of three, two out of three? There, I think five is probably pushing. I think six is the sweet spot. And if you want to bet on yeah. the Dodgers just to win the series, you know, you're going to be laying minus two hundred odds. Uh, so you can go exact series outcome. You know, Dodgers and six, Dodgers and seven, get plus three fifty or plus four twenty five. That's not too shabby, right there. I might throw a shekel no, on it. I like it. Uh, and I think this Those is the year. Schmeckles. This is the year where the Dodgers get over the hump. They've been in the World Series a bunch in the past years, and uh, it just feels right for this for this weird season for the for the Dodgers to just kind of get over that hump here, kind of get it off their back, and maybe come back stronger than ever in years to come. Yeah, and and you know the. The Dodgers match up so well against the Rays because they they have the an- they have the answer to every single one of, of of a move that the Rays can make, and then just the star power alone should put them over the top. You know, when they were facing the Astros in the World Series, you could say that it was a it was a you know toe to toe for star power uh, there, and you know you know the Astros banging scheme aside, they were they were able to pull it off. Um, you know, so I I, I can't I can't foresee the Dodgers not winning this series like it would be it would be I would actually be very surprised if that happened and you know I'm really pulling for Kershaw to finally get a ring that 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 could be famous last words because yeah. as we've seen in the past couple of years the Dodgers can easily lose World Series they've done it a couple of times but I'm with you and the only thing that's that is uh, interesting to add about the Rays here is the perhaps Tampa takeover where the Tampa Bay Lightning already won the Stanley Cup the Rays are oh, we're not gonna World... break that down <laughs> oh, that's that's next next episode. Uh, okay. The Rays are in the World Series. The Buccaneers just knocked down the Packers seemingly with ease with their great defense. Tampa, the epicenter of of sports greatness, all of a sudden. Tom brought that, it. Tom yeah. brought it from Boston down to Tampa. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. There's a lot. <laughs> like uh, I I don't think there's a a person. You know how they say like Luke Voigt looks like. Every Yankee fan, I think that Blake Snell looks like every single person that ever lived in Tampa. Just looks like a, <laughs> just looks, just looks uh, like. Just I don't, I don't think, that, I don't his... think that's a compliment. No, it's not. <laughs> Florida man, it, yeah, you know, looks, you know like the Florida like the man saga. Florida man. There you yeah. go. That's actually hilarious. Oh man. All right. Well, uh, this is great. Great recap of of some Yankee stuff. The playoffs. Preview of the World Series. I think we needed this to get it out. Get it. I mean, I feel like that was a little cathartic for you with the Yankees. You know, you, you sat yeah. on it for two weeks. Now you're able to kind of just get it off your chest, get rid of it. You're, you're a bigger man than Alec. He didn't have the pride to come on here and, uh, you know, sulk. He made up yeah. some excuse that his dog's sick. I don't know about all that. Yeah. <laughs> you put you put him in a you put him in a you put him in a cone of shame just to just to try to sell that. <laughs> what a guy! What a yeah. guy, Alec. Yeah, and, and best wishes to Cheddar, Alex Dog, who uh, yes, of course, who lost two friends. You know, oh. he got fixed this past week, so he's not doing too hot. Old right. snip, 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 snipperoo, and uh, you know it's tough out there for Cheddar now. He, he's he's recovering. Alex recovering. 
from a from a brutal loss for the Yankees again. But anyways, Subway Sports Talk, as we do after every episode. Last words, Andrew Kalanya, whatever direction you want to go in, the floor is yours. Uh, floor is lords? What did I just say? The floor is yours for Subway Sports Talk. Last words. Uh, well, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, I'm looking forward to the series and, you know, I'm coming, looking forward to coming back on during the off season and, and talking some more baseball news. You know, it's it, we're entering a dark time here uh, for sports, especially in the New York area. Once the world series is over, you have no basketball, you have no hockey and the giants and the Jets are the only thing that are, they're here to sustain you until spring will be eternal again. So I'm looking forward to coming back on Absolutely. Uh, soon to talk about some baseball. And hopefully that would include some moves by the Mets under Steve Cohen and perhaps some splash moves, which uh, has not happened in the past couple of years and rarely has happened over over the Wilpon era. Uh, so we have some new blood in, in the Mets organization that could lead to some big names entering the Mets uh, roster there. So we'll see what happens there. My last words go out to the Patriots. Screw you, Patriots. You did everything in your power to not only not win in my money line parlay I had yesterday, but you also couldn't cover six points on my super teaser. Cam Newton, Bill Belichick, young quarterback, Drew Locke. You can't beat him. You give Brandon McManus, you know, he had 19 field goals yesterday against you guys, and they didn't even, they couldn't score a touchdown against you, Patriots, and you couldn't cover a 13 point super teaser. Get your ish together. Patriots stop with the COVID Tom Brady left actually Ryan Rosillo does a thing on his podcast which is very tongue-in-cheek where he does uh the Tom Brady versus Belichick power rankings update every week and you know obviously the Bucks won big this week and mm-hmm. and and the, the Patriots lost so Tom Brady's at the head of the power rankings yeah Tom Brady left Boston what's going on you're getting COVID over here in Boston Bill Belichick not running a tight ship. I'm, I'm a little concerned, but I'm more hurt personally on a personal level that, you, you know, you lost the game. You ruined my money line parlay. That's fine. You can't cover the 13-point super teaser. That's not I'm, – that's, I'm hurt. Unacceptable. I'm hurt over here, Bill. Belichick, figure it out. That's all I got to say. Unacceptable. I had to go on my soapbox there for a moment because other than that, you know, the Titans I had yesterday – Felt good. They came back and won in overtime, covered the spread. Took the Lions, which usually drives me crazy, but they actually covered. I was feeling good. But those damn Patriots, man, crushed my soul yesterday. Crushed my soul. But we'll be back with the NFL episode either Wednesday or Thursday. So subscribe to the podcast. Turn on notifications wherever you listen to it so you know exactly when we got content for you guys. Thank you so much as always. Andrew Klanya, thank you to you, brother. As always, again, thank you. We'll talk soon. I don't know. I don't know exactly when we'll get another baseball episode on. Maybe we'll do a little recap of the World Series. Maybe when we get into the offseason stuff. I don't know exactly yet, but we'll be back. And great season, though short, though weird. Always a pleasure having you on. Of course, Subway Sports Talk, baby. Y'all have a great day.